What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Junction podcast. My name is Andre, and I'm here with my buddy Chase. And the main topic today is how we can become the most competent jiu-jitsu martial artist that we can be. And I ha- the title is going to be something like Pillars of a Competent Jiu-Jitsu Martial Artist. And uh, there's a lot that goes into becoming good at a complicated skill, especially one so that's much. in the physical world as well as the mental one. So uh, we're, we're going to break it down. We're going to kind of categorize it in little groups here. And the first one that's probably the easiest to initially talk about is the physical pillars. And by the physical pillars, we mean like fitness, strength, mobility, uh, flexibility, but that's almost a, a mobility thing, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you have to uh, be able to do the things. You know, it's like um, – one of my biggest pet peeves as a, as a youth instructor is seeing those uh, those instructors that you know they had to get a belt size three sizes bigger than their D's to go around their belly, you know. And it's like there's not really as a martial artist, like you're not setting a good, good example, you know. Like uh, to set it to set a good example, you've got to it. You have to meet those physical pillars. Like you, you have to. You can't. Um, and, and I don't mean like uh, obviously there there are. Uh, handicaps out there there are people that and there are super special people out there that uh you know amputees and stuff that roll i'm not i don't mean physical like that i mean like but they're they're still in shape you know they're they're they still work out the i bet their their workouts are just as crazy you know so it's those things are super high on the list like uh <laughs> my favorite thing is uh when i played football played college football we had 150 guys on the roster um went to newberry college uh 75 guys got to see the field 75 just saved the school from going under uh but it, it was funny because you would have those 75 that never touched the field they would tell people that they played that they played college football that they played for newberry you know and it's like man it was almost come on man don't tell people you're not in shape not you know just sloppy looking individuals and it's like you know that that's some of the first checks like you're gonna let people know you do jujitsu like make sure you're taking care of those things yeah, and like I mean, it, it. I am on the less in shape end, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna get defensive here. Just just kidding, really, really. Ultimately, we're talking about at least meeting a minimum standard. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't if you're not like trying to become a professional jiu-jitsu guy, which is or girl, <clears throat> which is freaking most of us, right? Um, you don't have to be like broided to the gills and looking like mm. Gordon Ryan when he's on his special medicine. Um, we're, it's for recovery. It's for recovery, yes. <laughs> Reco- recovery from the insane <laughs> weight. Wait, <Huh>. Anyway, <laughs> so, like, you don't have to be that, but you should at least get to dad bod status instead, well, <laughs> instead of obese, you know? <laughs> would it really be like a, an actual, like a, like a level of fitness, or would it be just, man, to be a competent BJJ martial artist, like a, you just need to be moving in the right direction. You know, like uh, you, you can't say, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for five years and I've gained 80 pounds. I mean, you can. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> you can't no, say that. <laughs> but but then, then I wouldn't be a, like a you know, you're, yeah. you're the, the martial, being a martial artist isn't, you're kind of just doing that on the side. Like we're talking about doing BJJ with, with the outlook and with the viewpoint of, of being a martial artist, right? And, and, and on top of that, being a competent martial artist. And competent would be somebody that people could ask questions, right, that that people would listen to. 
Um, you know, you've got to at least be moving in a direction that is progress and not regress, right? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot to be said about momentum and uh, being on the right trajectory. Because I don't want it to sound like, uh, if you're big and fat. No, no. As long as you're, because you could be, I've seen the guys that come in uh, to 280s that when they're done, they're 175 pounds, you know, three years into jiu-jitsu. But it, it's just the, the journey, right? As long as you're, that's the martial arts journey. That's being the martial artist. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a part of like the the path, right? Um, and w- how far you take it is kind of up to you. Yeah. But and it depend and it depends upon what your goals are for the sport. If if you're just trying to be, like if you if if you're like me and and you want to be good, but you d- you're not really planning to like do a lot of hard competitions. You just want to be doing something that you're kid might be he doing didn't with say you. no competitions I, yeah and i'll do some I know i'll do some no, just, yeah I while just, i while i'm still wearing blue <laughs> while i'm still wearing blue I'll do, I'll do it. Understood yeah so like you you have to be intentional about it choose your end point make sure that it's not like embarrassing to say that oh i'm i've been doing martial arts for five years and then you're you're like walking around and huffing just yeah. from walking um, which it's also going to protect like uh, on top of that it's also like having these physical pillars in place like it, it helps you it, not just growth and all that but like even protecting you from getting injured right like, no, it protects you from injury um there's there's some pretty wacky uh statistics on mortality rates even for um, like not and it's not tied to like being fat the same way that it is tied like don't get me wrong don't be fat um <laughs> but but like Lifting weights and having cardiovascular conditioning change your mortality rate by like 180% and 140%. And that was like controlled for all of the, the, uh, the body fat percentages. And I was like, well, there's my justification for crushing a box of Krispy Kremes because I'm still getting my my workouts in. But I mean. Don't don't be like me. Be like him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> well, just, I, I just want to make sure we're working in the right. Like, the, yeah. the, you know, to be a competent martial artist, like you've got to be, like you've got to be competent of your situation. Like, hey, I, I am, you know, if it's the physical appearance pillars aren't there, like, hey, I'm not as strong as I need to be. You know, I don't have to be again go the Gordon Ryan, but I'm not as strong as I need to be to, you know, efficiently to play jujitsu, even if it's just in a class or you know, I'm not mobile enough. You know, we we have some guys that. They've had to work on some shoulder mobility. Maybe it's from previous injuries or, you know, in their younger days. But <clears throat> it's like, man, if it's something that hinders you, you know, and, that, and that's part of being the competent martial artist, and that's rounding yourself out and working on things you need need to work on. So, Okay, so my hobbyist point of view here for the physical pillars, you need to be able to handle being able to move constantly, be strong enough to deal with people that are in your weight category and be mobile enough to not get injured. Like those those are the real goals for me here. And be mobile enough to not get injured, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. So if you're hitting all of those things, then that's probably enough for you to focus on some of the other stuff that we actually like to think about. <laughs> uh, especially in jujitsu, we we hate talking about fitness, strength, and mobility, size. Like, oh no, that's it, that's it, not relevant. It happens <laughs> not, in practice, right? So I don't deal with weights. Super, super relevant. Um, but you just have to hit a good spot for each of those things. And if you want to take it further into being like a competitor or you want to take it 
you know, you're going to do mixed martial arts or something, then you have to max out your physicality. Yeah. But if you're if you're just like a dad like me that's just like uh, enjoying learning something with his son, then maybe maybe you just take it to where you're fit enough to keep moving, you're strong enough to hold your own, and you're mobile enough to not get hurt. Yeah. So uh, the the next little grouping of pillars is under skill development, and skill development isn't just knowing how to do techniques or when to do techniques it's also developing awareness and like experience-based wisdom of the situations um so do you want to start us off with like yeah i i really um i I like in my head it's like um if you're going to be you know if you're going to do jiu-jitsu um you the benefits of of jiu-jitsu in general um you know, if you, from a martial artist viewpoint with uh, growth in mind, you know, it's like these things are no brainers. Like um, the awareness and the experience um, gained around techniques that you're working on, uh, you know, that the competency that comes with that. Um, this is where you really kind of, I believe, one, one of the places, um, and obviously the next one we'll talk about is mental, but, uh, you know, skill development, this is one of the places where you really shine. Um, you can tell the people that kind of do it just to do it, and the people that are like martial artists that are like really trying to sell it, really chase the mastery. Um, you know, they just understand things differently, and their their awareness of uh, their body is special. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, so so like we got hard skills in the hard sk- in the skill development. We got hard skills. Those those are like executing techniques, like one, two, three, four, five. Right. We go down all the steps. We have mastery over each of the steps. That's like the hard skills. And then the soft skills, which are, in my opinion, more important. um, And people will probably disagree with me there um, of awareness of the situation and like being able to make decisions based off of uh, wisdom, based on experience. Those are. Those are what make the martial artist to me. Period. Yeah. No no question. That's uh that's the magic of jiu-jitsu. You know, that that's definitely the magic. Uh I coach obviously my, my main focus most of the time is kids and beginners. Um and I see it a lot. Uh kids will have this uh array of techniques already. Um, but they don't have the awareness and the experience yet. Um so like I when they get to that point and it's like, man, I can't get them they're hunting so many techniques that they don't have the, the awareness and, and the experience. So I'm trying to find ways to to put it in, you know, in there. It's just mad time. It's just that experience that gives them that awareness. And that's what separates, you know, because they have a plethora of techniques. They, their, their techniques won't get much better over the next couple of years. What will get better is their awareness and their experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there's this white belt does not go to our gym um, that knows so many techniques so many techniques still a white belt probably five years white belt six years white belt um and <laughs> you don't want to be that person right like it's it's funny because they could they could be like okay one two three four five and they could even probably demonstrate it um and they and it's it's kind of incredible to me that they can be such a library for skills and have not gotten a blue belt after five years and it's probably not having the awareness of 
how to execute those things yeah, well, in real time. Uh, I'm sure that most instructors, um, you know, they take those things into account, you know, the awareness of techniques. So they, you know, I, I know me as a coach, I definitely do, you know, and it's like, oh, well, they've got the, they've got the skills, they've got the tech, or they got the techniques of, you know, of a purple belt, but they don't have the awareness. They don't have the experience level of it, you know. So it's, uh, that's definitely something that plays a big role in, in how I, you know, level people up. Um, and that's that's most instructors. They're, they're they're looking for that awareness. They're looking for the the ability to let something go to go to the next thing. Yeah, for sure. And another thing that is, that makes me really prioritize this soft skill development for grappling is that it keeps you safe. Like having a lot of awareness of what's going on with your body and theirs. I have. I have saved my knees more times than I can count just by being aware of which direction they're going and where they might take a step. Yeah. Maybe. And and it's not even like because they're going to leg lock me. It's because people do crazy crap all the time. <laughs> and if and if you could if and if you're like, "Okay, this isn't fitting the pattern," and then you clue in a little bit and you pay attention, then you could keep yourself relatively injury free. Yep. Like all of my injuries are pretty much from because I'm not taking care of my mobility. And it's not because some some person did something that I wasn't expecting and I didn't react properly to it, at least after the first year. <laughs> after the first year, you get, you get some of those because you don't have that experience-based, like, awareness of what's going on. Yeah. Um, it's spot on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, – Let's go away from that skill development and we'll talk about some of the mental pillars, which uh, it's not talked about enough. I think that having a strong mental game that's coming from jujitsu is one of the biggest carryovers we can have to the rest of our life because we are a very unresilient population nowadays. Like we have very little mental resilience there's not that much toughness. There's not a lot of stress tolerance. Like so many people are on on like uh, therapeutic drugs, and there's just and then then there's also like the respect and understanding of other people aspect, um, empathy, all of these like mental things that we can use jujitsu and other martial arts where we're interacting with people in something that's tough to develop and. Yeah. And if you're if you're doing BJJ and you're not, you know, physical, you know, skill development, like this is one, like this is a, this is going to help you in, in so many other places. Obviously, I know skill development will too, and you know your physical pillars will too. But you know, uh, anytime you have the ability to to kind of, as cliche as now, work on that garden, you know, work on the garden in your head. You you get you have. And this is a real. There's not a lot of hard things like people go do retreats and stuff to get the benefits that you can get every day in jiu-jitsu. You know, so really find those ways to, to lean into those mental, the mental aspects of jiu-jitsu. It's, it's shaped me um, as everything. Um, and, and I try to find ways to apply the Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, philosophy, the idea, the, the essence to everything. Um, you know, I, I try to apply it to everything because of the mental benefits. Yeah, so... So there are a few different things in that we put under this, this, this mental pillars thing. And the easiest one to point to is probably the mental toughness one. Um, 
and stress tolerance, which are very, they're very interlinked, right? Now, most people don't do difficult things anymore because we don't have to. We live in an age of abundance and easy entertainment. Uh, you know, uh, something I found funny, uh, even just um, from a U.S. standpoint, and if you go overseas, like uh, every time I've been overseas, like I end up, man, my step counter quad, no, times 100. <laughs> you know, like it's nothing for the, like you go and you see these other promoters, these other coaches, and they're like, oh, yeah, the store is just down the corner. Twenty, It's just a 28-minute walk. Just a 20, you know, so it's like even uh, just within our, within the U.S., you know, we're, we're programmed so much softer. I don't know if I've ever walked anywhere that wasn't a block and a half or two blocks away, you know, not from where I'm at. And, like, if I was in Europe where my house is, I would walk to Walmart, man, and nobody would ever think of doing that in the U.S. Yeah, so just something that simple. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I lived in Boston and Cambridge, each of those cities. Um and like we it was a little closer to to how it is in Europe yeah. and i remember one time carrying two 24 packs of water onto like a bus after walking like a few blocks then i get off the bus and i'm walking for probably a quarter mile okay with good these two. Well, good so so like and that and that's like that's like chump change to people overseas. Yeah, like, no. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, maybe you should have like uh, something where you could attach it to your back, but, you know, so you could carry four of them, <laughs> right? So, it's unreal. Yeah, like... Uh, and I guess, you know, me being... And I guess you, you grew up in a city, and you, you've experienced that a little bit. Yeah, you know, in my maybe, 20s, I was in there. But, you know, we... Yeah. I've never walked anywhere. You yeah, know? you don't you do not do that in yeah. most places in the U.S. Um, but, yeah, so, like... Even yeah, just the passive passive toughness mm. is pretty low in in the West, especially in the U.S. And like the amount of times that you are f- made physically uncomfortable is damn near zero now. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing that builds mental toughness more than being put into a very physically uncomfortable yeah. situation, because that doesn't happen. We don't we don't let our kids do anything that's mm. like. Um, even remotely resembling horseplay. Yeah. Uh, it's just, they don't, they don't get to do that. Like I, I was talking to my kiddo uh, the other day and he was like, yeah, we were playing freeze tag. And then the teacher said, we can't even touch each other. And I was like, that is sad. Um, freeze tag, freeze tag should not be one of those things. Like they weren't like getting in a circle and then cheering each other on for like a schoolyard fight. They're playing freeze tag. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're we're miss we're missing some of, some of the physical opportunities to uh, develop some mental toughness. And uh, jujitsu will put you in a lot of those situations where you're at a fitness disadvantage, a strength disadvantage, a mobility disadvantage. Like, I can't think of anything that's a more humbling experience for like a large middle-aged man than having some like 120-pound woman tool you up, right? So big old bite of that humble pie. Yeah. So like you need it. Yeah. You get, you get to face the hard things and then it just helps you across the board face hard things in the future. Better believe it. I think one of my, when you go with somebody good, you know, you, you, you've got somebody that's equal skill. You know, it's funny. You got a five minute round, four and a half minutes of that round. 
it's probably pretty even, you know, and it's like that's where you really see that mental toughness and that endures in that last 30 seconds because usually that's where the submission comes. That's where the finish comes. That's where you win the sweep or that's where you get off bottom and get back on top and secure your position. You know, it's always in the last 30, 30 seconds, and, you know, that's where I really try to lean in. It's like, oh, now the going gets tough. Let's really put our head down. Yeah, yeah, and, and if you if you've been developing your physical pillars, <laughs> that's where yeah, that's where good, you get good. it. And if you haven't, then you work on your mental toughness. Yeah, then you work on get, <laughs> get one or the other, guys. One or the one other. Or the other. <laughs> you better be that's mentally funny. tough if you're not. Physical. Yeah, that's good. And uh, like the other, so mental toughness and stress tolerance, it's kind of it's understandable why that would happen. But another thing that's kind of missing again is as an opportunity is developing like legitimate respect for other people and understanding of people from different backgrounds than your own. And that I I categorize that under mental because mental and social to me are so friggin' close. Um, And having that attitude of respect towards your peers that are, you know, at different skill levels from different walks of life and understanding these people and getting to know them is really good for your mental capacity and mental health because you get to see the world through a bunch of different lenses that you wouldn't normally be able to. And that's a big that's a big staple, the respect and the understanding of people. And that's a big staple just in martial arts in general. One of my favorite comments, I got chills because I love it. Um, one of my favorite comments I get, and I know that I'm kind of, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't sound... I'm giving myself a pat on the back, but it's like one of the times where I like, okay, I know I'm doing the right thing. Is when somebody's like, oh, you must do martial arts. You must be a martial artist. Like, you, you must do martial arts. Like, my funny was when they asked if I do karate, but, you know, <laughs> but it's it's like they just kind of look at me and they're like, oh, man, you, you must do martial arts. Like, what, what do you do? Like, it's uh, it's always kind of like an affirming thing. It's like, okay, like, you can, I am displaying the respect and understanding yeah. of people. Um, I had somebody the other day said, you can you could talk and be friends with everybody and anybody and it's, and it's funny that's that respect and understanding of people yeah yeah, um, yeah. super super important uh, manners respect all of those things kind of get wrapped into the whole being a good martial artist thing right yeah um, and and you're working on those things under again stressful environment you know not not under the perky good you know good turn where you get to see somebody for 30 minutes and you're trying to put on your best face no this is actually where you that's an hour and at some point in this hour you're gonna be really tired at some point in this hour your wall is going to come down and at some point in this hour you're going to be able to work on the true things you need to work on not not that wall because the wall doesn't exist after your second five minute round you know there's not a this is who i am you know this, this is it and it really shines through so yeah, and, and you might have to be respectful and friendly to someone who just beat your ass. Or, <laughs> on the other side, be respectful and friendly to someone that you just beat their ass. Yeah, yeah. And, and show them genuine, genuine compassion. Yep. Let them know that, man, I'm... I'm not sorry. See, you can tell who's getting their ass beat and who's beating asses. I so. promise. <laughs> I told uh, one of the kids this other day, like, man, Coach Campbell, I watched you roll. You got... How many times did you tap them? I was like... I don't know. And I was like, listen, I can promise you, I have been tapped more. I have been tapped more than everyone in the room. Everyone in the room. Yeah. yeah. How many times have you genuinely rolled people and allowed people to get stuff? Allowed them to get stuff. And then 
they got it. So I couldn't, I had to tap. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about anybody. And, and if we work on a move and I give John Joe Jingleheimer Smith, who came in class for the first day, his trial class, and he learned the proper steps to a triangle, if he does those proper steps, I get tapped. You know, so I've been tapped. I've had my ass kicked more than, so. Yeah, I promise. <laughs> okay, well, well yeah. But st uh, but still, still, what I what I said's real. What I said's real. Anyway, so, yeah, so. no, 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 totally understand. Yeah, you got to be nice to people after you kick the bus. Too. I'm good at that. Not me. Anyway, <laughs> what do you do when you kick somebody's butt? Yeah, I got I just, it. You just stare at them. I I just follow it up with a mother's milk after the tap has happened. Anyway, and on that note, we, we, yeah, exactly. And and they were talking. I, I heard a. A little clip talking about it. They were talking. They was like, it's worse than waterboarding. I'm like, yeah, because it's. Yeah. I'm like, God. Oh. I started thinking about it like that. It was like, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah, sorry. I'm thinking about one of you. I'm looking directly in the eye. <laughs> he hey, wants hey, to. That you motherfucker. Anyway, <laughs> all right, so. Anyway, let's wrap it up. Uh, we hope that you like got something out of this. Don't 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 for like. There's a lot of different things that are pillars of being good at martial arts and life. So go out and like. Hopefully, you have some things to approach consider. it that way, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's really what we get. Approach it in the way like you're, you know, from from a viewpoint of a martial artist. From you know, and I love the competent because I do know some people that are martial artists, but I don't know if they're they just kind of live the life. You know, competent is you have the ability to help people. You have the ability to show. You have the ability to display, um, to answer questions. You know, to, to to help guide people along. So, you know, if you're doing jujitsu as a hobby, if you're, you know, and let it let it kind of shape it. Let it kind of shape you. You've got a couple different ways, and um, really lean into it. Uh, definitely. Sorry, that's the closing. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will see you in the next one. <laughs>